Today on Locked On A's, we are talking about the NLDS. That sounds wild if you're expecting some A's talk, but to me, Locked On A's is breaking down baseball, analyzing it as best we can, and preparing you guys for what you're about to watch. That's Locked On A's to me, so let's get into it. I'm very excited. I love playoff baseball, even if the A's aren't in it. So let's talk about the NLDS today. You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 363 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, we are talking about the NLDS. I did my research. I have some predictions. Which players should you be keeping an eye out on? That's what we're doing today. I'm excited to tell you what I think is going to happen because... Uh, I think that I'm right. I, I always think that I'm right. I'm not going to give you guys bad info. I'm not going to have hot takes. Here are the guys that I think are going to perform and what I think might happen in the NLDS. That's what we're going over today. So buckle in. Uh, also, before we get started, though, thank you for making the Locked On A's your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and one of those platforms, some of you may be seeing this currently, we are on YouTube right now, so subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on your podcast provider, uh, you can go ahead and just click in the show notes. It is down there. Uh, just do that, and there's a link to the YouTube page if you're so if you're hearing this and you have not subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, any platform you want. We're there and we are available, uh, you know, Spotify. We're available on Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. And if you want even more Locked On A's, you can follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify green room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. I also said uh, a couple of days ago that I was going to be doing a Spotify green room on Friday. I forgot my wife is off today. So we are not doing a Spotify green room today. I'll do it on Saturday and we'll, we'll, we'll do uh, the afternoon game for them. It'll be a national league game. It'll be interesting. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun to be breaking down. And uh, yeah, so join us on, on Saturday for our Spotify green room. Wanted to get that one out in the open before we got too deep. But uh, let's get into some of what I want to talk about today. And that is the NLDS. Yesterday, I gave you guys my thoughts on the ALDS matchups. I said I like the White Sox because I, I don't want the Astros to win. And I said, watch out for the Rays. If they go out and dominate in game one like they did, then they, they're going to sweep the series. They're, they're, they're already one-third of the way to sweeping this series. They're going to have an amazing series. And I, I dressed myself in preparation for today. So before he did anything, I put on my Randy Arozarena shirt, and it is the Rakes All Day Night Year shirt. If you're on YouTube, you can see which one it is. Um, yeah, he hit a home run and stole home plate. So good game. Nice game for Randy Rosarena. Love watching him play baseball. He is not the guy that I said to keep an eye on. That was Wander Franco. He also had a good game. So uh, anyways, let's get into the NLDS. And I don't watch a lot of uh, NL action. 
I'll be honest with you guys. So this is a lot of stat deep diving that I did uh, and just making my opinions from what the stats are telling me. So let's get into the Brewers and Braves. I'll have the Giants and Dodgers for you guys in the second segment. <clears throat> we all know that the Brewers have a great one-two punch for their Game 1 and Game 2 starters in Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, who were two of the top nine pitchers in baseball. The one, number one, Corbin Burns. Number nine, Brandon Woodruff. And this is according to uh, Fangraph's War. So according to War... Two of the top nine pitchers are starting games one and two for the same team. That's really good. The Braves number number one starter for game one, Charlie Morton, who we saw close out a big game seven. Was it game seven? Yeah, game seven uh, for the Houston Astros. He has postseason experience. He is going for the Braves in game one, and he is number 10 in baseball, according to War. So let's start with the Braves. The Braves were the favorites to win the NL East, as, as far as I was concerned. The Mets... Sure, they led the, the East for a while, but it was the Braves division to lose. They had done it before, and the Mets had just kind of thrown a bunch of stuff together and were hoping that it would work. I liked the Braves all season. And this is before Ronald Acuna Jr. went down for the season. So they were they were close. They were close enough to the Mets at the trade deadline. They revamped their outfield. They also lost Marcelo Zuna to some other, some Trevor Bauer-like stuff. So they, they were down two pretty decent outfielders, and they got... Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler, and Jock Peterson, who has had some big postseason moments at the deadline, and it was enough to get them to this spot in the NLDS. Atlanta was the has the reigning NL MVP in Freddie Freeman, and he hit 31 home runs while batting 300 with a 393 OBP on base. Uh, and so he's still really, really good. They got Freddie Freeman. I like watching Freddie Freeman. He's He's one of those quiet guys where if he played in New York, he'd be a god by now, but he plays for the Braves, and people know him. He still wins MVPs. He's still fine, but the guy that I am keeping an eye on in this series is Austin Riley. He really had a big breakout season for Atlanta with 33 home runs, and while the 24-year-old is hitting 303 with a 367 on base, pretty good stats, uh, he also has an 898 OPS, again, very, very good season. It's a nice breakout season for Austin Riley, but there are two things that worry me when it comes to Austin Riley. The first is that his batting or his batting average on balls in play is 368. That is really, really high. He is not a speed demon. He's not D Gordon, where he's going to be legging out a bunch of singles. That's not his game. So that seems really, really high for the kind of hitter that he is. And that is well above the that 368 is well above the league average of 288. That is 80 points higher. So you would think there would be some regression to the mean. Maybe it comes next season. Maybe it comes in the playoffs. That's that's my number one thing with Austin in Austin Riley is how much luck is being deployed in this one, and how much can we trust those Sterling numbers after two seasons of hitting roughly 235? That has me raising a little bit of an eyebrow. The other thing that I see that is that he can be prone to strikeouts at times. From the middle of September, which is, you know, I just picked September 15th as the middle of September. It was a random date, and then the stats told me this. So I'm not trying to, you know, make the, the stats look one way or another. I just picked this date, and I was like, oh, that's something that stood out. His uh, He hit 361 with four home runs, 18 runs scored, and 14 RBI. That's a pretty good stat line for two, roughly two weeks, slightly 17 games, something like that. Those are really great numbers. But during that same span, he also had a BABIP of 512, which is really high. That is extremely high. That's a lot of luck being concentrated into roughly two weeks. And he was striking out at a 35% clip. 
the Brewers pitching staff is going to be a new challenge for him. And does he step up to that challenge? That is what I am looking for. If he can keep raking, that's got to be good news for the Braves. But if these strikeout pitchers that the Brewers have can get him, just walk him back to the dugout, then I think that the Braves could be in a little bit of trouble. As for the Brewers, I started reading the other paragraph, the, the one that I just read you. Uh, back to the Brewers now. <laughs> they're going to be, uh, they're going to basically go as far as their pitching will allow them. Their starters on the season had a cumulative ERA of 313, which is the second best in baseball. They are built around pitching. Their starters are fantastic. From the beginning of August through the end of the season, uh, so the last two months of the year, their bullpen had an ERA of 468, ranking them 23rd in baseball during that span. And if, if you're an A's fan like myself, you're like, hey, where did the A's rank? They were still below the Brewers, but they were only slightly worse with a 488 ERA in that same span. So they, you know how the, the A's bullpen blew up their season? That's the bullpen that the Brewers are essentially operating with currently. So have fun. Um, and also there's that, that whole thing with Corbin Burns is has he pitched enough innings to necessarily garner the NL Cy Young attention that he is receiving and because he's thrown just over 150. He hasn't had as many innings as a Zach Wheeler or other pitchers that are involved. And he, he gets pulled early. He goes a full inning less than a lot of starters. And that adds up over the course of a season. But if they're, if the Brewers' bull, or, uh, blueprint is getting it to the bullpen and just shutting guys down in the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth for Corbin Burns, and they're only expecting five, maybe six out of them, does that change with the bullpen struggling? Can he adjust and still be that same excellent pitcher? Up for debate, I think. Atlanta's bullpen ERA since the beginning of August, that same span, 329, which is the fourth best in baseball. For what it's worth, Burns and Woodruff each started one game against Atlanta in Atlanta back in July, and combined, they went nine and a third innings pitch, gave up 17 hits, eight earned runs, and walked three, struck out 12. Uh, the strikeout numbers were fine. Maybe not as sterling as they usually are, but they got lit up. A, a decent amount. More so Cor Corbin Burns than uh, Brandon Woodruff, but still, it's not, not necessarily what you want from your two starters, or your two main starters going into this series. It was in Atlanta, and Atlanta is a little bit more hitter-friendly. They're both hitter-friendly parts, so does that play something? Did they, did they learn something from getting blown up? We'll see. This series is going to be decided in the later innings, I think. And the loss of Devin Williams for the Brewers makes me pretty concerned for them going into this series, if I'm being honest. The guy that I have my eye on for the Brewers is Luis Urias. Uh, after getting traded from San Diego ahead of the 2020 season, I picked him up on my fantasy team uh, because I was like, yeah, hey, the Brewers always do really, really well with guys that they bring in. And he struggled in 2020. Uh, he... Did not have a good first season with the Brew Crew, but in 2021, he's become a fairly reliable bat for the team. He's working more walks and has shown a huge uptick in power. He hit zero home runs last year and 23 this season, including a team-high five home runs over the last month. Is that a huge amount of home runs? No, but... It's a good amount for a guy who didn't hit any home runs last year. He's doing something different, and that is great. This is going to be a fascinating series, I think. And the winner gets to face one of the best two teams in baseball, either the Dodgers or the Giants. And we're breaking up, we're, we're breaking down that series next. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I will be right back.
This episode is being brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers and makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 or 50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a car store or car dealership or wherever they do car things? Why choose to spend more there? Spend less going to rockauto.com because they're a family business and they serve do-it-yourselfers online. They've been doing it for 20 years and they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Lockdown A's Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow our new YouTube channel. Uh, we have so many subscribers right now. It's blowing up. It there, There's still room. I mean, there, get on the bandwagon is what I'm saying. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, do everything you can over at YouTube to boost this signal. And also make sure to follow us on social media at Lockdown A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify green room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockdownAthletics at gmail.com. And once again, thank you so much for making Lockdown A's your first listen every day. Again, we are free and available on all platforms. We make it easy for you guys. But let's go to the Giants and the Dodgers. This is the series that I think most of the baseball world is the most excited about. Sure, there's the White Sox and the Astros. Game one didn't do a lot for, for me because the, uh, the Astros won and it wasn't necessarily close. But the Giants and Dodgers, they split this season series 10-9 and the Giants won that, that NL West by one game. That one game that they beat the Dodgers by, that's the one game that they won the NL West by. It's going to be a fascinating series. Uh, the Giants won 107. The Dodgers won 106. It's going to be it's going to be great. And it's going to be splitting hairs. You, you can pick whichever team you want to, and you're not going to be wrong, because it's going to be a very, very close series. Let's, let's go with some stats for you guys. These teams ranked 1-2 in bullpen ERA this season, with the Giants with a 299 and the Dodgers at 316. 1-2. Again, 1-2. Both teams have injured first baseman in Brandon Belt and Max Muncy. I, I guess you could just go with 3-3 uh, because they're both third er, first baseman. I don't know. This series is going to be close is what I'm saying. The Dodgers uh, use Max Scherzer on Wednesday and Walker Bueller gets the start for the Dodgers. Uh, and on the season, and this is in game one, on the season, he was absolutely dominant against the Giants. In six starts, he had a 2.19 ERA and a whip under one. He was fantastic. That said, in his last start against San Francisco, which was at an, a start at Oracle in San Francisco, he lasted just three innings and gave up seven hits and six earned runs, walked one, struck out one. Those are not Walker Bueller numbers against any team, let alone the Giants, especially this season. And up until that start, he hadn't gone fewer than six innings against the Giants and had never allowed more than one run in a start against the Giants in his previous five starts. He'd been, again, dominant. He was so, so good. So my question heading into game one, did the Giants figure something out or was Bueller do one bad start in his sixth try against the same team? We're going to find out on Friday. 
one way or another, we're going to be like, did they figure it out? Are they going to go three and six on him again? Or is he going to go six and one, seven and one, something like that? We we are going to find out because those are two very different kinds of starts. Uh, for the Dodgers, the, the guy that I'm watching is Cody Bellinger. I know there are guys that are having better seasons, but for Cody Bellinger, the former MVP, he is having a season to forget. He's been hurt a lot, and he played in just 95 games, hitting 165 with a 240 on base and having a much, much lower OPS than Elvis Andrews at 542. Elvis Andrews got him by like 80 points on that one. So say what you will about Elvis Andrews. Better hitter than Cody Bellinger in 2021. Do without what you will, I guess. I guess that's the headline. I'm going to name the episode Elvis Andrews Greater Than... Cody Bellinger. <laughs> um, anyways, the Giants owned him this season. He hit 042 against the San Francisco Giants with a 148 on base, but the postseason is a different beast. It's a new season, as they like to tell us on the broadcast. So far, this postseason, this new season, he's one for two. That's a 500 batting average with two stolen bases off of Yadier Molina. If Bellinger starts to return to MVP form, gets a whiff, a, just a couple of games of MVP form, that would be a huge boost for the Los Angeles Dodgers, who lost, who just lost their best hitter of the season in Max Muncy. If they got Cody Bellinger back, they don't need to trade for him. He's already on the team. That would be a huge boost to the Dodgers, I think. For the Giants, we need to stop being surprised. They won 107 games, and that is not a fluke. We can stop with the, how are they doing it? This is so weird. They're winning the way that they always do, with pitching and clutch hitting. I, I'm going to... Not really talk about the pitching. I will talk, talk a little bit about clutch hitting, but before I do, let's talk about Brandon Crawford, who at age 34 is having an MVP caliber season after batting a career-high 298 with a career-high 373 on base, which led to a career-high 139 WRC+, plus, 39% better than league average. And also, he had a career-high 24 home runs. It was a career season for Brandon Crawford, and what was he doing different? That's so weird. You're, you're probably asking, is what I'm saying. How did he do this? Well, he's improved his eye at the plate, decreasing his strikeout rate and increasing his walk rates just from career numbers from last season, from basically at any point. He has done a better job at the plate distinguishing balls and strikes. He's not as much of a free swinger, and that has led to some really, really good, uh, you know, avenues for success. And he's also hitting the ball at a 14.7 degree launch angle, which is really good. That is a line drive that will lead to home runs. He's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting it at the right launch angle. He's getting base hits because of it. And I'm sure that you're familiar with Oracle Park. Uh, he's, he is a lefty, and he just hits him into triples alley is my guess right there. You just hit it at the right angle, at the at the right spot. It's a base hit every time. It's just a weird place to play. And I think that he's being buoyed a little bit by playing at Oracle, but at the same time, 14.7, that's a good launch angle. So I'm, I'm not going to be mad about that. He's also barreling up the ball at an 11.5% clip, which is the same clip as the reigning NL MVP, Freddie Freeman. So he's doing something right. And he's made adjustments, he's bought into Gabe Kapler's system, and he's doing it. And I know that it looks like it's coming out of nowhere, but you 
you could see his barrel percentage and launch angle trending in the right direction after the 2020 season. And last year, the 2020 season, was also Gabe Kapler's first year as manager of the Giants. So he's been building towards this season since Gabe Kapler was installed. And we're seeing over the course of an entire season what Gabe Kapler has brought to the Giants. But enough about Brandon Crawford, who is not my player to watch for. Instead... I am keeping an eye on Mr. Clutch himself, Lamont Wade Jr. By the end of the series, he may just be known as Lamonti. Um, does that make sense? No, but uh, L.A. Monty. No, that's what I... L.A. Monty. Uh, Monty, you know, like, ah, stud or whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Bad joke. <laughs> Should have sold it better. <laughs> but Lamont Wade does not whiff. He does not chase. And if you look at his traditional stats, he was fine. He wasn't great. He hit 253 with a 326 on base, and he had 18 home runs and 15-6, or sorry, <clears throat> 56 RBI. Not 15-6, 56 RBI. There, that's that's a number. As A's fans, you might remember Lamont Wade Jr., and uh, you might fear him because he was the one that hit the go-ahead home run in the ninth inning of that game on August 21st, the Saturday game, not the Sunday game. The Sunday game was Donovan Solano, uh, you know, Donnie Barrels. But uh, the, the game that basically broke Lou Trevino and essentially ended the A season by breaking Lou Trevino and the A's bullpen. So uh, Lamont Wade Jr., season ender. And I think that he's going to be bringing that into this series as well. Uh, Tease for segment three. If it's any con, uh, if it's any consolation to A's fans, he's been doing it to a lot of teams this season. Uh, his clutch stat, which is quantified somehow, I do not know, but I know that it does measure clutchness. Um, it, it is on Fangraphs and it ranks, uh, you know, all the players by when they get their hits and how clutch they are. And he was number one in baseball this season by a very, very wide margin. The second place hitter on the clutch stats list is Jacob Stallings of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And he is closer to ninth place than he is to Lamont Wade Jr. at first. That is how clutch Lamont Wade Jr. was. He was so much more clutch than anybody else ever clutched. So Lamont Wade Jr. is the guy that I am keeping my eye on. Uh, ninth place just also happens to be Jeb Lowry. So... That's 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 the A's talk for today is uh, Lamont Wade Jr. broke the A's and Jed Lowry was the ninth most clutch person. So locked on A's. Gotcha. <laughs> Anyways, coming up, I'm giving my series predictions. So stay locked in. We're locked on A's and I will be right back. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football th action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. The promo code, if you've been listening, if you haven't listened this week, the promo code changed. It is now locked on. You're getting a 50% bonus. It is fantastic. Go to bed online, type in locked on, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus. Uh, it's definitely worth it. And they got you covered from football to basketball to boxing to 
playoff baseball if you like it. Uh, right down to your va favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your favorite sports. And that is why everybody says the bet online is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear uh, podcasts and also watch videos on YouTube. You can follow us on YouTube. The YouTube channel is great. Uh, we have lots of subscribers. Comment, like, uh, subscribe. Do those things on YouTube. If you just want to do the audio-only version, subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and the Spotify Greenroom app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But let's get into some series predictions. Who's going to win? Who's going to go home crying to their mothers or fathers? Um, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm not being genderist, um, but I think that both these series are going to be very, very interesting is where I'm starting this. They're going to be very interesting because... I don't know if there's necessarily a clear-cut winner in both. They could go either way. One bad bounce, and that could be it for somebody's offseason. Uh, it's going to be one bad pitch, you know, one bad slider, or one bad fastball down the middle, or one mislocation. I think that that's what these series are going to come down to, quite honestly. That said, I think I'm taking the Braves in their series with the Brewers. I don't... It might be like a four-game series. I... We'll see. I don't even know if this one's going to go five. But if the Braves are going to win, I think they're going to do it in four or three. We'll see. Uh, when I sat down to research the series, I was expecting to take the Brewers. Partially because I like them more. But with Milwaukee's bullpen struggling late this season and their loss of Devin Williams, I think that the Braves already touching up Burns and Woodruff in their one matchup and the Braves having Freddie Freeman, I'm going with Atlanta because... They got Freddie Freeman. They got, like, one legitimate star who's actually producing. Not Christian Yelich, who's been roughly league average all season. And I know that the Brewers got some other bats. They've got some other... They got Willie Adamas. He's been pretty good. But I don't know that they have enough to keep up with some of the Braves guys who are... Eddie Rosario's been good. Jock Peterson is a postseason guy. He, he will hit a home run in a big spot if you give him a chance. So, I, I think I'm, if pitching is kind of even... You gotta like the Braves, I think. And the Braves' one-two starters are also pretty good. Are they quite as good as uh, Burns and Woodruff? Not necessarily, but the Braves already touched them up, so we'll see. But switching over to the Giants and Dodgers, and it pains me to say this, but I think that the Giants may end up winning this one. Do I want them to? No. I would like them to lose painfully. That's what I want. Maybe in the World Series. Maybe that's when they'll lose. Uh, just maybe... Uh, <laughs> The, the Kansas City Royals third base coach will send the runner and he'll make it beyond, you know, what science says and the Giants will throw it away. And that's how they lose game seven. That's kind of what I'm hoping for at this point, uh, because they've been really, really good. And I really want them to not win. That'd be great. Um, but when the two clubs are as evenly matched as the Giants and the Dodgers, you have to look for someone to give or something to give you that team or to give that team an edge. There we go. Uh, and I think that Lamont Wade Jr. is that edge for the Giants. He's been doing it all season. He's been coming up with clutch hit after clutch hit. Are they all, you know, walk-offs? No, I think he, uh, Ben Kaspik of Locked On Giants said he thinks that he's only had one walk-off hit, but like seven or eight game, you know, lead-changing hits or, you know, top of the ninth where they still get in that bat if they're the home team. Um, 
he's had the, so many just clutch hits. And I think that Lamont Wade Jr. just has uh, ice in his veins. And I think that that could be the determining factor. The, the Dodgers won the World Series last year. I'm not discounting that. So they have experience. They've also lost a lot of postseason matchups, too. And the Giants, their core, who is still there, and everybody's like, how are they doing this again? How is Buster Posey doing this? How is Brandon Crawford doing this? They also have experience, and they've won three titles. So experience isn't going to matter to me in this series. I don't think. Sure, it's more recent experience, but... These guys cut their teeth just winning World Series. I think they can still do it, especially if they're having these rebound seasons. So I will say this. I think that game one is more imperative for the Giants because it's at home and their starting pitching depth isn't quite as deep as the Dodgers. I'm not saying that it's a must win, but it would probably be a good idea to get out to a one nothing lead. Um, I'm looking forward to all five games in that series because this one is definitely going the distance. Who's going to sweep that series? Nobody. Nobody's going to sweep. Um, so with that, I, I have to ask, we, we have finished this up. Who do you think is headed to the NLCS? Let me know in the comments below, or you can uh, reach out to us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and a Spotify green room. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. I would like to do a recurring mailbag segment or uh, episode uh, throughout the, the post or throughout the winter, I guess, because the season's over. Oh. <laughs> so send in those questions. You could send them in on Twitter too. DMs are open for both myself and for Locked On A's. Uh, Send, send me your questions. I will answer your questions here every week if you guys send me questions. So send those in, please. Um, but before I get going, thank you for making Locked On A's your first lesson every day. Now make your second lesson Locked On MLB, where Paul Francis Cull Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. But that's it for me today, guys. So... Until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.